0: Welcome to episode 16 of the Deep Dreams podcast, the AI-generated podcast with nonsensical stories to help you sleep. I am nobody, and I will be narrating your story tonight. Gilgamesh traveled throughout the world, but he met with none who could withstand his arms until he came to Uruk. But the men of Uruk muttered in their houses, Gilgamesh sounds the sacred drum for his amusement, his arrogance has no bounds by day or night. But should not a king be a shepherd to his people? Instead he interferes between lovers and even between a husband and his wife. His lust knows no bounds. The gods heard their lament, the gods of heaven cried to the lord of Uruk, to Anu, the god of Uruk, a goddess made him. Strong as a savage bull, and none can withstand his arms. His arrogance has no bounds and he interferes between lovers and even husband and wife. His lust knows no bounds. When Anu had heard their lamentation the gods cried to Aruru, the goddess of creation, You made him, O Aruru, now create his equal, let it be as like him as his own reflection, his second self. Stormy heart for stormy heart. Let them contend together and leave Uruk in quiet. So the goddess conceived an image in her mind, and it was of the stuff of Anu of the firmament. She dipped her hands in water and pinched off clay, she let it fall in the wilderness, and noble Enkidu was created. There was virtue in him of the god of war, of Ninurta, whose name is heard afar. The wilderness became his home, he ate grass with gazelles and jostled at the watering hole with bears, lion, and panther, for his delight. He washed in water where an army had marched, and sat alone in the forest like a tiger. Gilgamesh heard of him, why is the wilderness teeming with game? Where has all the game come from? Why are the mountainsides covered with animals? So Gilgamesh went to the wilderness to hunt. He came at evening to the twin peaks of Mount Mashu, glorious in the sunset, behind whose peaks there is a miraculous fountain which no one may descend, it is time for him who descends to return. But Enkidu was lying naked beside it, he was resting himself after hunting gazelles. He had caught a wild bull alive and brought it in his arms, Beside him lay the crook and the staff for driving bulls. It was then that Enkidu came across Gilgamesh as he prowled round enjoying himself, a naked man, one as strong as a savage bull. Enkidu filled his eyes with his beauty and stood there transfixed, not stirring a hair's breadth. Then they made each other's acquaintance, they gazed at each other face to face. Gilgamesh said, My friend, where did you come from? Whence did you arrive here in the wilderness? And Enkidu answered and said to Gilgamesh, I came from Uruk, a city which, they say, is closely built and well fortified, its people are rushing hither and thither through its gates like ants swarm through their nests by the banks of a river, they fight one another in their houses day after day. I am strong like a savage bull and I too have killed hundreds like wild game. But beyond the walls of Uruk there is a wilderness greater still in which I have roamed about it will until yesterday, I saw a vision, anew my lord appeared before me and called my name, Enkidu, O oh, Enkidu, come to Uruk of strong walls. There is a man there who is as strong as you are, go down to him, let him tell you about his future for your part tell him about your wanderings. So go now and show yourself, he will be your friend, so saying he went away. So now I have come here out of the wilderness where I usually live to show myself to Gilgamesh. So they fell into each other's arms and clasped each other like brothers. They stroked each other's cheeks and kissed each other and cried aloud with joy like bulls bellowing after water on a hot day when they meet in pasture. They sat opposite each other and Tableta down on knees while they opened their hearts to each other and Gilgamesh spoke first, Tell me now, where do you come from? Who made you? What is your father's name? What is your city? Whose son are you? Oh dear brother, let us have no secrets from each other. Enkidu smiled at this brotherly love, Gilgamesh my brother dear to me by heart make me known to your mother and father so that I may be your proper brother forever. The two friends kissed again in tenderness, together then they embraced their mother's weeping for joy. Father Lugalbanda embraced his beloved son Enkidu weeping for joy, so did Mother Nin-Sun embrace her son who had become her sister's husband, because she loved him dearly, they both hugged their precious son like juniper bushes which grow on Mount Nizur, rejoicing together because rain has fallen on them after seven years drought. And in their joy they lifted up their voices and called out to the sun god, rise up, shamash, Arise mighty luminary of heaven, for we have created a great marvel, here is a man like unto myself, here is one who will help to build my great wall, and who will go with me to the ends of the earth. In Uruk Haven, Gilgamesh and Enkidu built a rampart round the city, and continued the task for twelve years. At that time, there appeared in Uruk a harlot named Shamhat, who came from Siduri's house and challenged Gilgamesh's strength. Shamhat said to Gilgamesh, Why do you roam the wild and destroy plants? You should follow the example of a hero, who arms himself against his foe. You are still young, why do you roam over hill and valley like an old man? When he heard Shamhat speak, Gilgamesh was silent. He wondered at her words and told his companion. I am filled with desire, but I can find no one to stand by me. There is no one in Uruk who can receive the challenge. When I leave home every day I go to bed with two or three harlots, but I am not sated. When Enkidu heard this, he said, I will go out with you, my strength, too, is great. And do not worry about any man saying that your strength is greater than mine. So Enkidu went out with Gilgamesh, together they destroyed life in the forest and killed wild animals of every description. Wild bulls, buffalo and deer fled from them both. When Enkidu was rested Gilgamesh said to him, now I am hungry, let us go home. But when they reached Uruk haven Gilgamesh said, you may enter Uruk first and have a bath, I will go round the walls. Thus when they had bathed they went into the assembly hall, on coming before his mother, Gilgamesh threw off his cloak and bowed to her. Ninn's son was delighted at seeing her son and said, My son, my dear child, may Shamash give you strength forever. Then she brought him fresh water as presents for him, but she did not give anything to Enkidu because she did not recognize him as her son-in-law, though she loved him dearly. Then cold-hearted Enkidu sat down beside cold-hearted Gilgamesh, who had taken off his cloak in front of his mother Nin-Son. When Enkidu saw that Gilgamesh was flushed with wine, he turned pale. Then the palace servant brought food for their meal which they both ate for their heart's content, after dinner they lay down on bed, but when apishti tried to put his arm round Enkidu he shrank away from him because he was accustomed to lying with men as well as with women. Gilgamesh saw this gesture, shame filled his heart and indignantly spoke thus, Why are you shrinking away from me? Where shall we make love? who will bear witness to our love-making. This confession caused Enkidu's wound to run dry, he started urining blood and lay in bed sobbing because he did not recognize his brother in bed or anywhere else. Gilgamesh wiped off his friend's tears saying sorrowfully, Go back home, you have disappointed me by remaining silent about your illness for the last two days, go back home seeking cures for your malady. He poured out a libation for Enkidu and said, O brothers be kind to each other, let our love be eternal. Gilgamesh then began his long journey to the new continent of Australia, but first he made arrangements for the reception of Enkidu. He prayed, God of my fathers, mother who bore me, and you goddess of love, O Pleiades, daughters of Enlil, May you tell Yudnapishti I have sent back Enkidu who was once my dearest friend to my parents. May they do what they like with him. He then handed over to him a big skin bag full of derricks, silver coins, which is worth ten million gold derricks, silver coins. But Enkidu was determined to win Aruru's heart, so he did not take them. Instead, he, as a gesture of love, gave out all his costly presents given to him by Gilgamesh, so Yudnapishti got a nice small castle. Now Gilgamesh got up to tell his dream to his mother, Nien's son, one of the wise gods. Mother, last night I had a dream. I was full of joy, the young heroes were around me and I walked through the night under the stars of the firmament, and one, a meteor of the stuff of Anu fell down from heaven. I tried to lift it, but it proved too heavy. All the people of Uruk came round to see it, the common people jostled, and the nobles thronged round. I hugged the meteor, lifted the heavy stone, but it crushed my ribs and made me so breathless that I awoke. Sun said, My son, hero among heroes, your dream is favourable. A meteor means an old male person. If you embrace him as your friend he may become as a brother to you. Pay close attention to everything he tells you, if you honor him your happiness will be complete. Gilgamesh always had a special relationship with his mother, Neen's son. He loved her dearly, she was not only there when he was born, she used to bath him and dress him when he was young boy. As he grew up, she advised him on all his affairs and discussions. She told him her wisdom is freely given and never tiring. This she said once, my son, Gilgamesh, you are young, but it would be good for you to grow even greater, since your paternity is eminent. He said, my mother mean son, I am worn out by this labor and worry. I suffer from sleeplessness and from pain in my belly. Sun asked, My son, why are you troubled by such anxieties? Surely we are at peace. I have never heard that any enemy has threatened your city walls, my mother, it is not my personal danger about which I am full of anxiety, I cannot sleep at night for thinking of the ruin of Uruk, its people are suffering want. Sins are multiplying daily and it seems as if our city must perish. Son spoke, My son Gilgamesh ask yourself how these things come about, Presumptuousness leads a man to sin, Lack of courtesy towards his neighbor sows the seeds of enmity. Then Gilgamesh thought on his dream, He tried to lift the meteor but it crushed his ribs and made him breathless, Mother I had just such a dream and it troubled me. I told my dream to the young heroes, but they only laughed, I could see that they thought I was talking foolishly. Ninsun answered, My son, Gilgamesh, you are a wise man, listen to your mother who gave birth to you, never accept a gift from a man who is not your friend. Gilgamesh met with the good king of Siduri, whose fruit his father Lugalbanda, Ninsun's husband, enjoyed most of all, he was called Urshanabi. Gilgamesh wished to be given the skills and journeyed to visit him. They travelled together along the same road but Urshanabi soon left him. Gilgamesh passed through the mountains which encircle the earth and came upon a cobbled road which leads to the house of Aruru, who created humankind, there he sat down and rested in the shade at her door. He knocked, it was opened. Siduri came with a pail on her shoulders and she said, Gilgamesh, Perseus son of Danae, what will you eat? What will you drink? You are covered with dust, and who sent you on this dangerous journey? Gilgamesh said, Siduri, I am seeking one whose strength is unequaled. Siduri said, oh, you will find what you seek but first tell me of your quest, this is the house of Aruru mother-instructress of all crafts. Gilgamesh said, Herein is the abode of great Aruru, creator of humankind, whose power makes the rivers flow, mother of the gods and mankind, whose skill has fashioned every living thing. Perhaps she will reveal the way to immortal life. Siduri said, Live on the way that is dear to Aruru, and against sinful ways cherish stern resentment it is not from Urshanabi the ferryman that you shall hear this secret, nor from any mortal man. There is a hidden passageway by which Shamash the sun god can pass into the underworld to give light to the dead there, it will be for you a hidden passage into darkness and meet his eye alone. I have never heard that even one who controls the land so generously should reveal this lonely road. Gilgamesh said, Siduri, maiden who knows all wisdom, I must return to my own city Uruk by this road, only thus shall I achieve my heart's desire. Siduri said, my son Gilgamesh, who are you and what drove you here? Why are your cheeks so emaciated and your face so haggard? You must tell me at length of your sighing and your sorrow, it is not fitting that you wander alone in a foreign land thus bemused. Gilgamesh said, it is in my mind to cross over this region of death unless perchance I fall first by my journey's end, if I die, what does it matter? But I am seeking one who can make my name live forever. Siduri said, in Uruk there are fifty strong men, but their bellies are like those of pregnant women, their hearts are huge as if pregnant with sap. They have brought low their king with their violence and now take orders from his successor. Twice have I taken them bread and beer but they did not smile in gratitude. When they drink water sitting in assembly they sip it as if it were a divine offering. Now this city will be destroyed for their wickedness. Gilgamesh walked across wild terrain utterly devastated where he saw fifty strong young men. He sent his friend Enkidu to see if they were asleep. Enkidu approached them and slapped them with his right hand. They could not understand how someone could treat another person like that. They got up and surrounded him and knocked him down. Then they entered upon the city to report what had happened while Gilgamesh sat looking on in silence, twas as if he had gained no tiny gain from all his endeavors. Therefore he began to despair completely without a second thought he picked up his weapons and rushed back towards Uruk through terrifying terrain, which should not have been traveled through, but he was resolute on continuing his journey because he was filled with anger, because Enkidu had been hurt by those fifty strong young men. As he was passing through wild terrain he came upon an unusually handsome man whose humps were huge as if he were pregnant with sap. Gilgamesh looked at him in astonishment holding in his heart harsh bitterness, while catching him by the neck, Who are you? Where do you come from? Why are you roaming these hills by yourself? Could it be that, while searching for someone else you must in turn become someone's prey? Yet pure the blood, which flows within veins. He answered Gilgamesh saying, There was no other goal for my steps, I walked across many cities on my travel through many regions, but still could find none whom I might call master, I ate bread crumbs and drank water at noon, but now I am truly filled with misery, the giant turned aside from him saying, is there a better way than dying? Why should a man be born merely to live one day less? Now return these days to me on which your mother played her hands." Gilgamesh said, My teacher told me that tradition is the path toward the gods, but I have not seen him who could tell me if there is a path towards the dead. The giant said, There is a way through corridors of stone, I will tell you about it on one condition though. When you reach a place where the daylight declines sharply you must bid an outlaw's duty to your weapons, for a broad-bladed sword will not protect you anywhere among them. Do not let your face express gladness and do not look into the eyes of the guardians, for they are cruel and will strike you down with their swords when they see how your arms are equipped. When Gilgamesh reached that place he put down his weapons and their tongues were released from the spell, he hung down his head in front of the guardians and dragged his feet. They struck him all over his body with their tongues and his body was covered by blood, they struck him in every limb without mercy. Then after three days of carrying out his duty he came upon Siduri, while she was giving beer to laborers at her beer house. Gilgamesh sat near her and drank beer as if it were water, which did not seem to distress him. When she saw him she laughed and clapped her hands saying, Gilgamesh, king of Uruk who travels over land and sea, why do you stray near the cistern? Seek an audience with Yudnapishti, perhaps he will let you look on the hidden things. Gilgamesh asked, where can I go to find this exile who has abandoned all worldly authority? She said, if only you had come here before hurling all those insults against Uruk, perhaps I would have instructed you on how to go to Yudnapishti to see Tirigan at dawn in the sweet water garden where trees are arrayed in excellent order. But now with winter here, do not go to see Yudnapishti now. Gilgamesh caught hold of Siduri's fragrant robe, saying, If a man waits for the due time for something then one has no choice but to wait, if someone does what one says is done on impulse then one has no choice but to follow suit. Siduri said, Describe to me his hair, so I might recognize him among many people and might tell you about Yudnapishti's domain. Gilgamesh said, come take a look at me and consider me well, my hair is soaked in oil like some sacrificial animals which are scared of water and will never know how its hair became used to oil. Then Siduri took him by his hand and said, darkness covers the walls of my house like a cloak which drags on the ground, what will it accomplish? Go back home by crossing through the footpaths so that no one might see you. Gilgamesh grasped Siduri's hand saying, if I could grasp Utanapishti, I would kill him with my bare hands and live my life in joy, when she saw him Siduri locked herself up behind an old door which no man had ever opened before. She opened her mouth saying, live my son Gilgamesh, begetter of mine in Uruk. Be good to me now, so I may tell you how to find Yudnepishti's abode at dawn amidst trees, which bounds on a beautiful shore. Gilgamesh stood before her saying, I set out to search for guidance, but am suffering a blow like Nebuchadnezzar did because of thoughts about death. When she heard that Siduri wept for him even though this was not her custom for tears are for women when they hear tales of despair, but now her tears fell together with hers because of his deathly sorrow because his lamentations echoed over great distances up into loftiest mountains while she moaned with grief while Gilgamesh went restless through difficult terrain like a devastating storm which plows up the soil before it. And in that night Gilgamesh slept by her side, like one who was severely ill. Siduri said, I will tell you about Yudanapishti's distance, so that he might instruct you on how to behold on your high mountain, where serpents slither. Gilgamesh answered saying, Have pity Siduri, it is as if there is no ray of light before my eyes, what I am looking for is comfort yet I have none, my body is weary yet cannot rest, I think about life till sleep departs from me. Give me directions so that I may find Yudnapishti's city, she said. Men set off at dawn until they reach a city called Arzak, Zikharath, built by Erbra's son of Anu, Zayusidra dynasty. After passing beyond that city men reach Garsalu, Nippur, whose foundation was laid down by Nimrod king of Erek, Sumer, Passing beyond Agarsala men reach Zubi, Uar, built by Namri son of Serera, Sareg. Passing beyond Zubi men reach Jertzi, Jerka, built by Muabur, son of Galabaltera, Abram. Passing beyond Jertzi men reach Kibli, Babylon, built by Akishar son of Bershah, Piero slash Passing beyond Kibli men reach Axer, Agade, built by Babrula son of Sargon, Naram-sin, passing beyond. Aksar is Hyaram, Hebron, built by Shalim son of Ksarabu, Shalem. Men reach yur Jerusalem, built by Kasabura's son named Balu, Balu. There was nowhere a second place was more abundant than yur since earth raised up pillars and made known its location from where it can be approached from distant places. He said, now give me directions so that I may get there. She said, go forward till night falls. But if you can pass through these hills using your arms then when night falls run across open land and enter upon Ramman, who stands erect with Jaws Agape seeking something warm inside him, exchange places with his twin brother sleeping beside him just outside the gate eastwards where darkness has spread its wings. If someone notices sunrise outside, shave off his front lock which covers his face. As soon as it was broad daylight Gilgamesh donned clean clothes, took a fresh lock around his forehead and threw round his neck jewels shining brightly like a rainbow. He got out fast from Siduri's house wondering how anyone would accept such a gesture from such a small herd resting beneath the large wide canopy of cedar trees whose roots drink fresh water from mountain springs finding shade underneath whose branches lions attack wild beasts, resting beside its firm roots upon which wild animals leap, shake their heads and tail. Gilgamesh had come there, his body was clean perfumed, anointed with oil and wrapped around with a splendid dress. Gilgamesh ascended Ishtar's holy mountain, fortified with a shining platform measuring sixty miles wide having a ziggurat at its summit. Thereafter he again made for the netherworld so as to visit Yudnapishti's son to learn from him the paths of the netherworld. As soon as it was dawn Gilgamesh set out from Uruk containing walls, which are not broken down, he came to a Gruninid which is situated in the middle of wilderness, desert. Making a calf look after his flock he went inside an enclosure where he rested there till noon. The thick heavy heat weighed down on him as off a snake whose belly has just been slit open. He then laid his feet down upon the ground to chew tough grass shoot growing in the fields. At that moment an axe fell on the calf's neck whose blood splattered on the ground while other cattle ran away. The grass grew so tall that its blade became too hard to be eaten by sheep or goats. Gilgamesh saw everything happening before his eyes and was depressed when restless sleep overtook him like a person who has not sat down for some time falls asleep in a corner with his head bent towards the ground without realizing why he wanted to sleep in the first place. Therefore grief and misery appeared before his eyes when the hand of sleep overpowered him and woke him up at an unknown time, unable to recognize objects in the light of day. He went back, then retreated, he looked under trees, explored desert places and could not find even one goat, nor any visitor traveling to distant places. He then saw that some people were working in the field, saying, O oh Gilgamesh, where did you come from? Who are you looking for? Why are you so tired? Maybe you came to supervise work? He replied no, nothing of that sort. I didn't come looking for anything. Gilgamesh then hid his face under his arm until the earth lifted him up. This is how forests covered him completely like a widow who is reluctant to put on bright clothes because her beloved husband died wearing them. She neglected herself like a cat. Son of Keller, who was a small child, who was loved in Lum till Banda held him with both hands. He disappeared without mercy, without becoming orphans, as a cat was also killed for no reason by lightning sent by Anu's godlike son, as Dumuzi, son of Enki, stood in front his chamber door, waiting for Insikiram, refusing to enter, even though I urged him, saying, "Enter, sir." Enter sir, come sir. He went back, then retreated, he looked under trees, explored desert places, and could not find even one goat, nor any visitor traveling to distant places, Gilgamesh said, why am I so tired? Maybe I came looking for something, dot. Come friends sit beside me and rest, they answered, then took my hand as if it were gold given by Ziusudra. Gilgamesh turned around facing Elam, teacher, who had traveled through countries, passed across rough terrains, who had seen hot snow, he had crossed Elam, had found shade under cactuses, crossing several lands, he said these words, Lo, I set off at dawn until I reached Urelam, Jerusalem, where I rested, after passing beyond Urelam I reached Arzach, Zikarat, where people live after passing beyond Arzak, I reached Agarsalu, Nippur, whose foundation was laid by Nimrod king of Erek, Sumer. Passing beyond Agarsalu I reached Zubi, Uar, inhabited by Namri son of Surera, Sereg. passing beyond Zubi I did reach Jertzi, Jerka. Built by Mwabar son of Galabal-Terra, Abram, passing beyond Jertzi I reached Kibli, Babylon, built by Akishar son of Bershak, Bero slash passing beyond Kibli, I did reach Axur, Agade, built by Babrullah son of Sargon, Naram Sin, passing beyond Axur is Hyaram, Hebron, built by Shalim son of Ksarabu, Shalem, passing beyond Hyaram is Uri built by Kasabura, whose name was Balu. Balu. Passing through Lum, a place where there were no other two cities more abundant than it on earth we found that Lum was leveled by rain, neither its foundation nor corner remained so we couldn't approach it through any path except across Ramman, the god of storms, who stands erect with jaws agape seeking something warm inside him. He said, where is Lum? Give its location. Elam answered saying, Ahead yours are foreign lands, O Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh said, It is good for you to have been promised a long life, good for you to have had your hair styled like a herald, what do you mean? In what way do foreigners use their hair like heralds? A bearded man traveling with Elam answered saying, They go naked so their hairs become dirty they clean their hairs filling wells slash shallow ditches with them. Another man using his flying bird like a ship answered saying, here's what its location is, seven days from Heharam, Siduri's house dash, three days from Arzak, Adam's city dash. three days from Kibli, Babylon dash. one day from Axer, bagade now keep your heart firm going there. Otherwise you'll fall into an ambush set up by men who have no cattle." He refused, I won't go near those scoundrels as long as my skin remains off my body or my head off my shoulders. When he refused that fell on Elam's heart like a piece of lightning released from heaven's unscorched lands suddenly spreading joy, Elam turned around to where he went back afterwards wishing that he could escape but could not. After walking through deserts strewn with fragments of shattered stone temples, Hammurabi's palace turning into ruins appeared before Gilgamesh's eyes. When, lo! From within there arose three hideous every miasmics, people shaped by darkness, having white bodies swollen due to scorching heat and black heads which showed how much they hated water, whom Shamash, judge slash sun god, Has raised causing them to become distorted figures distinguishing them from other human beings and thus found themselves victims of Mott, goddess of law. One had protruding teeth like those shar razors used during shaving heads, when Gilgamesh saw those unfortunate ones lying down flat their eyelashes touching ground he was suddenly overtaken with sadness asking himself, what are these molted eggs? What are these witnesses witnesses of the primeval calamity? Do none of them know what will happen in the future? He asked them, Who are you? They answered saying, The mother we've come from Uri Lum where we've experienced ultimate distress, food and drink are just a couple of days away from us, if you want to know about our name, our mother gave us these names- mankind, child of earth, and sons of moss- Gilgamesh said, I'll take you to a city, there you'll drink delicious water although it may not have tasted that way in Sipar. I'll dress you in fine clothes and soothe your worries. They said in a joint voice, Dash, take us to Uri Dash, Gilgamesh said, Dash, ye we ones, why do you want to go to Uri while it isn't housing a single man, Won't I build you a city like Hatmezeg or build one for your children near agalma slash Mashu, giant door pillars flanking mountain gates? They said Dash, we do not belong to this world, Gilgamesh how will you take us there? We'd rather stay here sitting down dreaming up names for the months and days. Gilgamesh said Dash, do any of you know something we don't? One of the three sat upright and answered saying, Dash, what is a scribe's fate, son of Banda? He's walking on the path carved out by gods who did not open it for him but gave to him fear, responsibility and difficult task of taking the clay upper gods tried out, placing it on the lower ones, so that this new letter which has been invented by them may become an important key for opening doors of earth storehouses. If one knows how to read this great inscription he can ascend up to heavens using Inanna's stairway. After he finishes reading this inscription he gains wisdom as Anu granted him with such power. If one knows how to read this one will possess all knowledge as Enlil granted him with knowledge. If one can read this one can predict someone's life moments as Anki granted him with such power and what remains for him is joy realization of his desires and prosperity. I swear by the name this Abba Cylinder scribe who has given me all wisdom. These words were uttered by one called Nabu standing among people living in soot slash dust on doorsteps around in Lam, who should rise after they die and reach heavens while another should rise after they die and reach a dusty place leading to wide fields where grain doesn't grow. He who relies on gods can rely on their mighty words even if he doesn't know writing or scribbling. Gilgamesh said Dash, I'm going there, so I can bring back the life that has been lost. Then those three dingy bangled men said as they took off their clothes, isn't anyone going to bury us? Our uncle should bury us over there in Yurilam. The young men who were accompanying him were eager for boohooing and were ready to take off their clothes but Gilgamesh said – no. Don't go near them. I'll go over there by myself. When he arrived at Uruk, he saw Siduri, he was approaching Siduri like a great bull from rain-fed land approaches his cow whom he had been separated from for seven years. Siduri was sitting with her feet immersed in flowing water under fragrant apple tree serving drink obtained by gods used as a bait during bird chase. Gilgamesh took Siduri to be his wife and they lived happily ever after. I hope you have enjoyed the Deep Dreams podcast and have not actually heard this part because you are asleep.